Well, that worked out exactly how I planned, said no one ever. I Feel Awful, Chronicles of Leadership, a micro-podcast featuring Christine Sachs, Juanita Molano-Para, Katharina Schneegas, and Robert Kwong. Chronicle 68, Car Wash. We were talking last week as a team about what was going on and how we were doing. And I was sharing that. I was sharing with Christine and Katarina. This is the first time you hear this, Robert, that um, when I'm having a hard time, whether high, high anger, high, high sadness, high, high, whatever, my go-to is the car wash. Now, this may not resonate with everybody. If you live in New York and you don't have a car, this may just seem like a dream. Uh, But basically what I do is that I go to the car wash, the car wash where I live in Indiana is one of those where you go through. So you're in the car and your car goes through this thing where it gets like washed, right? Like there's like of soap and stuff and you're in it for like, I don't know, 30 seconds, a minute. But when you're in it, you're alone by yourself and you can scream at the top of your lungs and nobody cares and nobody hears and it really doesn't matter. And so what I do is that I go to the car wash. I put up some like really angry music. And as soon as I go in, I just start screaming as loud as I can. So I I mean, it was an interesting thing to share because like for me, it's become a bit of a, a go-to and I will say just simply a self-care thing. Um, but just thinking about how we, what we do, how do we deal with things when it just feels really big and all over the place. And um, right now we're here with Christine, Robert, and me, Juanita, because Katarina needed to really go to the car wash. <laughs> so well, what I love about this story is that you do it with with your with your partner. It's not yeah. just being a solo activity. Is like. Well, it was a solo activity for like a year. And then after like a year of lockdown and on lockdown and lockdown, I was like, do you need to go somewhere? <laughs> it's a very connecting bonding experience, y'all. I can't even imagine. I think I would laugh too hard before getting to the screaming part. Oh yeah, that <laughs> happens. Out of a car. <laughs> what's, the, what's the genre of music you go for? That's the kind of question I ask. <laughs> well, when it's with him, it's like some intense metal. Like I really, but there's literally, if you go on Spotify, you can uh, look for angry bitch music and th- it's a thing. <laughs> like that's the name of the playlist. And there's many of them. Oh my God. Oh, I bet. <laughs> are these are user generated or they just are? Well, what? Are they user generated lists or are they just? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh my God, that's hilarious. I believe so. I wonder if there's anyone that's by Spotify. I should check that out. Yeah. Oh, I bet there's. So but they only do playlists. the tricks. Yeah. And when in doubt, like Alanis said, like she gets me. <laughs> I don't. I don't know what to say to that. <laughs> well, it's like I think. I think uh, Robert, when we first shared it, it was more like, wow. <laughs> I think that was the general reaction. But if I think about it, I wonder how much of that reaction comes from the belief that um, 
we don't, you shouldn't express anger in this way, or you shouldn't, especially if you're a woman, you shouldn't express anger at all. And the, I don't trepidation, inhibition around what's appropriate for emotional expression or release. You know, because I think like if you think about corporate America or corporate anywhere, there is, uh, and this obviously changes based on culture and whatnot, there is a high value placed on quote unquote professionalism and the appropriate ways. Like, no, we don't want to be screaming in an office, but I think that 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 corporate value has expanded beyond how to make systems work and how to kind of work with people into what's appropriate for people as humans. Yeah. Yeah, it's so funny you talk about the car wash because it's, you know, theoretically, Juanita, you can do that anywhere, right? You can definitely do it in your home if you'd like. You do have the privacy. But I love the idea of having like just this like insulated area and, you know, culturally speaking, you know, I didn't come from a background where it was like, it was terribly appropriate to express yourself in certain ways and um, especially anger and something like that. So I have my own method for that, by the way, you know, it's like the great thing about having an electronic keyboard rather than, you know, one that's going to be just playing all the sounds out loud is I get to play as, you know, forcefully and aggressively as possible and no one can hear it. And sometimes my partner can kind of hear like rattling and like it sounds like furniture moving and they're like are you okay because like they can't hear anything but <laughs> what's happening is I'm just playing really aggressively on the piano it's my own personal car wash but it's so funny but I think I do that <clears throat> also for the person who needs to express that part of themselves to feel safe to do that you know and um it's it's a funny way to think about that but even for the person releasing the anger um, I, I kind of hear like the car wash being like uh, creating a safe container in order to release that for that individual as well. So maybe we all have some version of that, but that's mine. It's um, banging on the piano, basically. Well, it's and I, what I hear is very similar, Robert, because I think connecting to what you were saying to Christine of like that professionalism or that like, you know, like the way that you're talking about it it really is like your own car wash. Like it's something that you are experiencing by yourself in a way. And so what it made me think, it's like that there, I think there may be two sides of it. Cause one for me is definitely what you were saying, Christine, not just with corporate, just like, I mean, culturally, like if I, I, I don't know if this is true, but I think that if I start cre- screaming like crazy in my office, like in my house, somebody will call the police or somebody will come or like, or at least like, I don't know if my partner is here, he'll get scared. I don't know. Something will happen and something like someone will be bothered. I think culturally, there's also the sense of like, you need to be proper. You need to be calm. I'm also like a Latin woman, you know, like sit still and look pretty, That ca- those kind of things. And so that's definitely in my space of like, there's a way that you behave. And I, like many people, like I didn't learn how to express strong emotions. I think tears are very, quote unquote, easy because when I'm sad, I cry. And so that kind of like goes together. But anger, I just didn't have that. And so when I was back in Bogota, eh, 
if there's something to know about Bogota, traffic is insane. Like you're in it for hours. And so I would drive like maybe 45 minutes each way to work. And that was my quote unquote car wish. Cause like I was alone in the car in traffic, like nobody hears, nobody cares. We have the music, everybody's mad with their own situation. So it doesn't matter, but it's just that experience of being in it by yourself. Like I don't have to worry about anybody else. I don't have to worry about any hearing me screaming. I, like it's my own experience. So there's like the, the, the cultural, like, not be seen or just like look a certain way but there's also the like this is my experience this is how I express and experience my anger and like just kind of like in my own bubble as you were speaking the thing that popped up for me is you know if we think about how popular Brene Brown's theories have become about vulnerability and authenticity I mean it's not just Brene Brown but she's kind of become the poster child for this But if you think about it, there's still a prohibition against, well, let me say, let me back up. To be authentic means to have the full spectrum of your humanity available. And that full spectrum is not always nice and pleasant. Sometimes it's angry. Sometimes it's jealous. Sometimes it's sad. Sometimes it's cranky or irritable or whatever. But there are definitely, you know, I think humans, whether corporate or otherwise, have a lot of prohibition against that full range. So it's almost like we're hearing competing messages of, yes, be vulnerable, be authentic, but no, don't be that authentic. Be like comfortably authentic or, you know, acceptable authenticity. So it's kind of interesting the, on the one hand, like the ability to create this safe container but then also really kind of the, another question, which is why do we have to have a safe, why do we have to have a safe container? If what we're professing is to be a culture and a community of authenticity. And, I, and like, and, but even saying it, it's like, well, there's certain things like don't, you know, it's not other people's responsibility to take care of your anger or to receive it. Like, like all of that's wrapped up in this question. Yeah. I mean, I think it's a very, I don't know if this is the right word for it, but like societal conversation, like how do we live with others? I remember growing up uh, learning what, like this saying, I don't know if it's a saying or a law or what, but like your freedom ends where somebody else's begins. And and I, I'm, I mean, I'm very present to that. I live by that. And, and, and but in this context, like I think it's there too. And it's and, and it's weird. Like this isn't like a it seems like a very straightforward thing, but it's like it what does that mean? So in this case, right, like expressing my anger, but within loud and bold and like authentically enough so that like I am being me, but within a certain container so that I'm not splashing other people. I'm not basically hurting other people with it. And I and and I think that's I love that you use the word prohibition that resonated a lot, Christine, because I think from prohibition, like I I'm gonna start most of us, but at least me, I haven't totally learned that. I'm still very much learning that. And I think in when we talk about corporate cultures, that's why there seems to be more discussion and normalization of having someone like a counseling role or someone who's there to facilitate and hold space and things like that, because we're all human and these things are going to come up or to have a coaching conversation. And I bet a lot of people who are where that prohibition energy is normal, it's our default, 
when I step inside coaching training, like when I when we all first did, and seeing the full spectrum of what people are willing to show up in, it it, it actually it, I would assume because I had that a little bit of it's unusual. It may catch you off guard, but there's also something kind of familiar with it. It's like oh wow, someone's willing to express this. I was having a conversation yesterday with someone who went through AC training, like we have. Was talking about the observation and the first time how people are so willing to express like tears and like um nostalgia and just uh, you know kind of like even the gooey emotions are prohibited you know alongside the anger and it seems unusual but those are some of the things that come up especially when we think about like mm, like com completion right you can't really complete something that you do not put on the table in some ways like the anger and um, I found a lot of that came up in coaching training. It's like getting comfortable with different aspects of yourself. Um, can be very uncomfortable. Hey, Robert, can I put you on the spot for a moment? Why, yes. Thank you. <laughs> uh, you know, I think we have a really interesting opportunity to talk about the gender differences. I mean, look, we can also talk about like the stereotypes of men and women and range of sexual orientation and stuff. But I'm curious about the, your experience of the prohibition of emotions, like separate from your culture, but inside of um, living in the world as a, as a male. Cause I mean, there are very specific prohibitions as women, right? Like, anyway, so I'm just, I'm curious your experience of this idea of prohibition as a man. Um. Wow, what a great question. And I have been thinking about that as we've been talking. Um, I would say there is a prohibition on, on kind of all genders, if you will, you know, a, around anger. And that's interesting uh, because in my head, you know, I do go through a mental process of like, wow, if I had, even, even if it's not anger, even if it's like I've had a breakdown in tears like that, truthfully, there's fear like in a public or a training, uh, group training, for example, that it's like, wow, that's $10,000 off my next year's earnings because someone saw me in that way. Or that's like five referrals that's down the drain, right? Um, and I remember thinking that even through the coaching training process of like, what if I were in that shoes and I showed that side? And truthfully, the, a lot of the concerns were, um, you know, about uh, career and therefore, you know, stability and how you're seen and all of it. So I do feel like there's a commonality across these different um, identities. But I will, I will also say the, you know, what we call survival mechanism, the people pleasing one. Truthfully, I would say that the, the emotion that's attached with the most is about how I relate to anger. And the way it gets expressed outwardly sometimes is it comes up a little bit like uh, not knowing how to engage with some anger or frustration and it can come out as people pleasing. And uh, being able to make that distinction for myself has made me think about like different ways to express myself without um, having to repress my emotions. But again, thinking about the container and things like that. So it's tough because it's like, I wanna go black and white. Like this is the way I would do it or this is the way not to do it. But it really depends on the, the situation oftentimes. Yeah, it's interesting because as you were talking, I was thinking about culture and how it impacts how people perceive emotions. Like I'm going to, this is total stereotypes, right? But spicy Latina, like people expect there to be some spice. On the flip side, 
angry black woman, right? The stereotype of, of, you know, a black woman specifically has any kind of hot emotion. It's negative. Same emotion perceived differently, you know, which then, I mean, there's so many intersections of racism, classism, sexism, all of that. But, um, you know, I think it's just, it, it is so interesting, the kind of, sorry, I'm, th- I'm processing out loud. Um, but the, I don't know, maybe we'll have to edit this out later, but I was just thinking like the need to have a safe container lives inside of like a white paradigm of only certain emotions are acceptable. And therefore we are forced to go, not that, the, let me just, so we're forced to go find these containers to hold our emotions, quote unquote, safely. And that if we took away the paradigm that's been imposed by kind of like a white dominant society, the, the kind of the value culture of, of white mainstream, like what would be different? And the, Clearly we don't know, but I'm just, it's just really interesting to, it just sort of hit me that I, I don't have an answer for. So again, I'm just verbally processing and I could be totally wrong too. I don't know. I, I agree with that. Um, we had an interesting conversation, Juanita and I, um, yesterday while working on a project together about belonging and um, the ways that we can experience that. And to me, like what's coming up is, you know, finding belonging with all the range of our emotions, for example, that we might experience, that that can be very tricky depending on your identity and who you are. But without that, it's hard to feel like you belong, basically, because there's always a part of you that doesn't belong, no matter where you are. In this case, it could be anger or something like that. And so it, it's, it's, it's such a, I guess I'm saying it's, it's such an important question for me, I'm realizing more and more, because everyone has some part of them that I feel like don't belong, isn't appropriate, like the angry side. And um, how can we be with that in our, in our authentic self rather than try to cope with that in some ways, you know? Um, and for me, it was like the car wash. It's like music has been sort of one. I was like, oh, that's interesting. Never thought of it that way as doing something on behalf of my anger, for example. But thinking, connecting all of that, the, the, and like part of a takeaway for anybody listening and the takeaway for us to continue to think about if we are like, because I think this is something we can definitely retake in, in other lives and stuff, but just a noticing of the kind of self-prohibition because of cultural norms or because of um, a dominant rules or beliefs and the example that you were putting in with the like the angry black woman the spicy latina like those type of things like because the the self-prohibition also coming in from like what what the culture says you can't be or shouldn't be or the opposite too what the culture says, and we had this conversation in our training recently, like the culture says that you should be. And so you're not that part of like, I'm not that and I'm resisting it. But any of these things, just the self, 
the self-prohibition, the self-filtering uh, that then gets in the way of belonging. And so definitely like there's like looking at all these things at a, at a cultural level, at an organizational level, but starting as always, right? Like starting with myself, like what are those things and how am I internalizing? What are, how is my behavior in response to those things? Cool. I think for anybody listening, go back about 30 seconds and listen to Juanita's, what she just said, because that I think is our call to action. And so thanks for everybody for listening in and we'll see you soon. See you next week. You can follow us on the web at www.christinesaxcoaching.com.